I'll tell you what, old ladies do love me at like dances or like uh-huh. weddings and stuff. Like they'll, I don't know if they just want a little bit of that chocolate strange or something, <laughs> but old ladies will like they're they're touching my shoulder a little too long and they're wanting right. to dance and oh like, yeah, I'm like whoa, uh-huh. not now. Welcome to an episode of the Good Games Podcast. My name is James. And I'm Leo. And today we are going to be talking about the uh, 2018 indie smash hit, The Messenger. Um, Uh, Yeah. First of all, uh, we're going to spoil the shit out of this game. So if you haven't played The Messenger, uh, Mm -hmm. go do that now because we're or or just listen on if you don't care about spoilers but um there are some things in this game even though it's just like a uh, i don't know whatever a, a side-scrolling action game there side-scroller are, platformer thing yeah there are there are definitely elements of this game uh that could be considered spoilers uh sure. now i understand leo you just moments ago finished the messenger i did i just finished rolling through the credits at the end okay uh, I want to I want to ask you your your favorite part and your least favorite part. My favorite aspect of the game is how much how self aware the game is. Yeah, and the and the humor that comes with that, the dialogue, mm-hmm. uh, and the mechanics. Uh, mm-hmm. And then my least favorite part is mm-hmm. it's a castle, it's a Metroidvania, which I'm just not. A big is fan it a of. Metroidvania though? Because I don't yeah. think. Well, this, I'll say this. This game, this game calls itself a Metroidvania, and I don't think it is. <laughs> um, I'll say this. I don't typically like Metroidvania games. Uh-huh. I don't, okay. I'm not a platformer guy. Okay. Um, well, that's all this is. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh-huh. So that's what I'm saying. So maybe yeah. the term Metroidvania doesn't really apply as much to this game because I somehow enjoyed it enough to play yeah. through it. And I'm not saying I, I hate Metroidvania-style games. Uh-huh. I are platformers. I'm just saying they're not typically something I spend a lot of time. Like I'll appreciate it. I'll play a couple hours, but this game I could not put down. Like I was excited really? to get back into. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I mean, it wasn't like I was. I mean, I played it over the last two weeks or so. I was. I mean, obviously, I could, I could put it down, but I, it always had just enough of a puzzle nature mm-hmm. to to the mechanics and the game design, the um, uh, map design that made me want to come back and like, oh, let me let me knock out the next level or knock out the next kind mm-hmm. of piece of the puzzle. Um, and then I would get frustrated and stop for a while. Yeah. But then I, I would always I would always come back to it. So it wasn't so much that I couldn't put it down, but that I always felt inclined to come back and get just a little bit further. Yeah. Um, so so that's the part of it that I liked. If that makes sense. That's that's interesting. Um uh so this game calls itself a Metroidvania. It it explicitly makes references to metroid uh mm-hmm. it, like in the game text there are references to metroid uh i don't think this game is a metroidvania i it is you, you can't you can't just have like you can't just throw in backtracking into your game and then say it's a metroidvania like the levels need to be designed in such a way that the uh, like okay, when when I play a Metroidvania, Castlevania, Metroid, uh, Hollow Knight, whatever, there are aspects of that game that those games that require you to um, keep a mental note of like locations, specific places, 
Um, and you kind of start building a mental map of the game's world um, right. such that when you get a new power, a new ability or whatever, you're like, oh my God, I know where to use this. I know uh, there's this one specific area I need to get back to um, mm. because I can use my new ability there. Kind of like a um, Zelda sort of thing where like you, you unlock this other item and you know that there's this one thing that you passed earlier yeah that you could probably and, use that item on now yeah and the the like the level layouts in I yeah i don't think that happens as much in this game it doesn't that that the specific yeah. thing i just described never happens in the messenger you right. like you you do get new abilities but you're immediately yeah yeah the the very next room you're using those abilities like there right. is no like there is no requirement for you to know where you need to get to on the map in order to use this new ability. Um, the only time you backtrack in the messenger, which happens unfortunately frequently, um, and, and and I say unfortunately frequently because you're always backtracking through like the same sections of the level that you've already played a million times. Yeah, that um, happens a lot. That happens a lot, and there are these long platforming gauntlets that you have to go back and forth through a lot. Which, um, like, I was thinking about the level design in a Castlevania, a Metroid, whatever, whatever, a Metroidvania game. Most of the good ones, ne- the areas you backtrack through, they're never these, like, long, intense platforming gauntlets. They're these, like, big, wide-open rooms that make traversal of, like, the main corridors of the map very easy. The Messenger doesn't do that either. It's just, like... It's kind of frustrating because, like, you know you've done this gauntlet, like, five times already. It's like, oh, my God, I got to go do this stupid area again. (laughs) Like, there's never... The difference is, like, there is a specific, like, platforming requirement that you do in the Messenger many different times. Whereas that is not present in most Metroidvanias. Yeah, I mean, but here's the thing that what, what the Messenger does is, like, yes, it's frustrating that you have to take kind of the same path over and mm-hmm. over and it's the same mm-hmm. room full of the same uh, creatures mm-hmm. and the same platforms. But because of the unlocks that you get, like the first major one was the glide uh, mechanic. Yep. And then later on you get like the rope dart. And what happens is the the third time that you're through going through that room, you've got so many additional gadgets yeah. that like it's like no longer – really the same puzzle that it was the first time you went in there. And I found myself just like bulleting through zones Mm -hmm. that I used to have to take my time with. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I got better at the game or if the game just gave me more mechanics to just zoom through that area a lot faster. Oh, I I think it's a little of both. And that's, that's kind of what makes a Metroidvania fun. um, Like the good ones is you go back um, like, you'll be exploring areas of the map and you'll go back to an area you've done earlier and you can, you know, easily defeat all the old enemies and you can, you know, bounce around and get to all these new locations. But like the, the abilities you get in the messenger just make the traversal easier, but they never like, they hardly ever unlock new places you can get to. There's like just a handful of times that ever happens. Yeah. And the game, there's not really an encouragement of exploration um, in the same way that there usually is in a Metroidvania game. 
Uh, it's you almost always know exactly where in the world map you need to get to, and it's just a matter of getting there. Anyway, the reason I say all of the stuff I just say is evidence for my argument that I don't think the messenger is really a Metroidvania. Uh, I think it wants to be. Like, it's like, hey, look, we have backtracking. It's a Metroidvania, right, guys? Like, I, mm, I don't know. It's a platformer. It's a nonlinear platformer where you have levels that you go back through. Like, I don't think that just automatically makes it a Metroidvania. Yeah, and I, I think you're right, and I think that's actually part of the reason I, I enjoy this game more is because uh-huh. I really I don't like Metroidvanias really mm-hmm. um, usually, and and even platformers I'm like eh, about, but like this one maybe the fact that it was consistently a forward motion, yeah, um, yeah, 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 maybe yeah. I like that linearity linearness mm-hmm. to it, but then like later on in the game it's having you go back and revisit all of the zones that you would beat like all all the way back to the beginning of the game yep and that part i hate it so i think that's the worst part of the game that's like where the game that's where the game starts to slog a bit is when the like backtracking elements come in is when the game like really the pace really bogs down it's just not good at that yeah not what this game is about it's not the game is at its best when it is a linear platformer yeah with interesting mechanics and puzzle like platforming that's very yeah 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 that they did really really well uh all the backtracking and like redoing er eh, eh, that was not that not that great not not so good um but yeah that's that's um that's where i think this game is at its best and there's kind of like two big uh reveals in the game i would say um so the first you're playing through all these stages just one after the other. The game is just a very straightforward, like, old-school platformer in the vein of, like, Ninja Gaiden, right? And actually, the game also makes an explicit reference to Ninja Gaiden. Like, uh, yeah. hey, we're just doing, like, a we're just a platformer, whatever, whatever. Now, the first, like, big, uh, whatever, shift or reveal or whatever in the game is when you take the game from, like, 8-bit... To 16-bit, right? So it's like yeah. NES to Super Nintendo or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. And there's like a graphical shift and a musical shift. Like all of the tracks shift to sound mm-hmm. um, more like the Super Nintendo sound card as opposed to the NES with the um, uh, whatever bleeps and bloops that the old and NES used synth, to have. Synth and stuff, like synthesizers. Yeah. But your abilities uh, stay the same. It's just like a. a, a oh, your animations ship. are way cooler too, though. Oh, the animations are like yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that a lot. I really like <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, the, the the art style in this game was really good. All of the um, like the art style, the music was amazing. What did you think oh, of the yeah. music? Oh, I'm yeah, a big fan. Yeah, big fan of the music. Oh God, the music. Uh, the music was what was really propelling me through the early sections of the game. Sure. Uh, the, the, the soundtrack the, the, is the music banging. is the only thing that kept me going when when we had to go back and backtrack through all of the previous yeah. maps yeah uh, yeah and that's like the second big reveal is after it's like hey we're 8-bit and also 16-bit you're like oh cool and then they start introducing the shifting mechanic where you can shift between the yeah. um 8-bit and 16-bit right. and then like after you do that you kind of whatever quote-unquote you, you you fight what you think is going to be the final boss and then, like the next reveal is like, no, you're only about like halfway through the game, actually. Yeah, that was a big that was a big moment. Now we're like quote unquote a Metroidvania, and you gotta like go back and find all of these like hidden things that we've scattered throughout the oh, world. Oh god, it was the worst. Yeah, 
And yeah, and I agree. That's 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 where this game starts to bog down. Um, I yeah, I really wish this game was more linear. It it was not. I, it's just the level design. The the levels are not designed to be backtracked through. Like it it that never feels fun. Just going back through the same stuff that you've done before. Uh, yeah. with, with like yeah, I don't know. You just you know where you need to go. And it's just a matter of getting there. Like. The game is not about exploration, which I think is a key component to a Metroidvania. And that's what... There is no explore... Hardly any exploration in The Messenger. It's just platforming. Uh, Almost all platforming. But, um, yeah. What did you think? Uh, So, uh, the first thing that caught me about this game was the soundtrack. The second thing was the game's sense of humor. I loved the sense of humor in this game. What did you think? That I mean, I, I think so. That so, I think going back to why I like the game is I mm-hmm. think at its best, it was like you know, finish this zone mm-hmm. to get to mm-hmm. the next shop checkpoint. So, yeah. every every checkpoint that you come across is kind of a traditional side scroller checkpoint, yeah. would be kind of a default by default a checkpoint, but then every so often, the checkpoint was like a little bigger and you could actually like walk into it and it was the shop. And it was yep. just this kind of routine of like, get to a new zone, uh-huh. go go to the shop, talk talk to the shopkeeper, and he'll tell you about the current area and give you a story. And the story <laughs> yeah. was always always hilarious. And then it was like, then get to the boss, and then he'll tell you about the boss. And you beat the boss, and you go to the next zone and like rinse repeat. And yeah. that was that that sort of linear movement and and with like little like just nuggets of humor in the shop was just what get me kept me going like yes yeah working my way to the next shop scene you know yep yep yeah the, just the soundtrack and like oh my god yes i'm i'm almost to the shop again i can't wait yeah. to hear the right. shopkeeper's next story like the next and um like the interaction like the your main character the messenger is kind of the like straight man right, right. and the uh the shopkeeper is like this incredibly sarcastic, just like cracking all these jokes yeah, at, yeah. at your expense, almost always. Uh, yeah. It reminded me so much of the sense of humor that is present in like old school adventure games, where like a lot of like old school adventure games will like have a lot of jokes that are always at the protagonist's expense, right? Or like, like meant meant for the player more than like yeah, yeah. Um, and even the, even the art style, um, the the portraits that came up, yeah. especially of the messenger's face, for some reason that just reminded me so was... much of like old school art style, like the way his eyes are drawn. Uh, these right. just like big like the Monkey Island games you used to love. Yes, like yes, yeah. these big like confused, like very expressive eyes. <laughs> like yeah. it was definitely uh, yeah, yeah. Um, God, uh, can I can I can I tell you my favorite joke in this game? Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you mine. You tell me yours. Okay, uh, it happens in the second level. Mm-hmm. Um, you there's this big checkpoint. You hit the checkpoint. Right. You gather uh, a bunch of health and a bunch of um, you know. There's like this uh, currency Star, that you can use. Yeah. A magic, yeah. You, you refill yeah. your health, refill your magic, right. and like you're going in. And there's this big wide open area, and anyone who's played any platformers ever you're like okay i know what happens here this is a boss fight i'm at the end zone of this level there's a boss fight you just walk through and it it like opens up and you keep going you keep going 
and you keep going, and it just says end of level, and then it starts you on the next <laughs> yeah. level. Well, and then the next, you, well, the, the shopkeeper right before that tells yeah. you yeah, that yeah. this is a rest zone and there's not yeah. going to be a boss. So like you don't believe him, you know? Yeah. But then there really is. <laughs> He's like, no, I was serious. There is yeah. no boss at the end of this level. <laughs> like, yeah. there's yeah, there's just no boss. Like ah, that was good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, my favorite joke. Uh, is I think from the very time you walk into the shop, you kind of look around and you kind of um, hit the up key is like the interact key. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. interact with everything that you can in the store. And on the very far end of the shop is a cabinet. Um, yes, the cabinet. And he's like, he's like, don't touch the cabinet. And then if you hit like up again, he's like, no, really don't touch it. So he has like this kind of like um, pool of, of dialogue about not touching the cabinet. And he warns you, like, if you keep touching it, I'm going to tell you a long story. You're not going to be able to interrupt it. And if you keep it at it, eventually he will tell you this long story and you can't skip any of it. And those stories, by the way, are the, the most like um, philosophical yeah. conversations that like the game creator is like giving you the player. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but the joke that I like about it is um, later on, uh, you actually get to touch the cabinet. And uh, as part of the story, he wants you to touch the cabinet. And if you try to leave the store instead of touching the cabinet, he's like, no, please do open the cabinet. And he no, won't seriously, let, open yeah, the cabinet. No, seriously, open it. So if you try to leave over and over, it goes through the same spiel. Um, and then the joke he makes is like, will it help if I pretend like I'm starting to loop over? And he goes back and says like the first piece of dialogue again to make you pretend like, and then if you, if you skip that like two more times, then he's like, damn it. I thought that would work. I thought if it would made it seem like I looped that uh, or whatever. That, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's lots of very good, like video game jokes in here. Yeah. Uh, like looping dial, the game being aware of looping dialogue, like the game being yeah. aware of boss zones. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very good. Um, I even thought it was nice how the game even was like the most impressive part of that like kind of fourth wall breaking thing was when mm-hmm. the game was aware of how players act. Like there's a, there's a moment where I think you become the shopkeeper or yep, something. Yep, yep. And there's like another like ninja player soldier. And the first time he walks in the shop, he's kind of taking his time. It looks like he's pressing up on things just like uh-huh. you would the first time. And then the second time, he's jumping around. <laughs> And that's like what we do as players, and it's so yeah. like the fact that they like captured that in their fourth wall breaking joke like right there. That was yeah. Pretty good. Uh, also, two things: this game was super loud. Yeah. Is that just me, or like I had to turn the volume down to like the minimum volume? Um, I don't know what that was. Maybe that was just me. No, I, like... I. Yeah, that might be loud. What, what were you playing it on? On PC, like. Oh, okay. I was playing it on Switch. I don't know if that uh, has anything to do with anything. Maybe I don't know. On PC, it felt like I don't know if it's just like the eight bit sound effects were just like super abrasive or something. But like I was like, yeah. turn this garbage down. Um, yeah, no, it's loud. It's loud. And then uh, I started playing with keyboard with a keyboard um, at oh. first. No oh. one told me I should play this game with a controller. So I mean, I have oh, a controller. You definitely want to play this with a controller, dude. I played the first two or three missions or zones or whatever with a keyboard. And then I was like, let me try this with a controller. Cause you know why? Because when you die, you have this little demon thing that like resurrects you. And that's kind yeah, of a yeah. funny ongoing joke too. Oh, I wanted to bring him up too. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and at one point he said like, Oh, did you like, did you just get a new controller? He makes some joke about a controller. And I was uh-huh. like, Oh dude, this game would be so much easier with a controller. I think this game should definitely give you something at the beginning that says like, you should play this game with a controller. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't know. 
Yeah, a lot of games have started doing this, like controller yeah. recommended. Uh, Put a little thing I, together. I just kind of default play everything with a controller, so I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really. It's my own fault, except, yeah. except for like first person shooters, like that's the only thing that feels right. natural to me with keyboard and mouse. But like right. everything else, I play with a controller. Okay, how many uh, deaths have you had? That little demon's keeping track. Oh, I don't. I'd have to boot up my game, but it's a shitload. Uh, <laughs> he he uh, makes you feel so bad. Like I've, <laughs> I've saved you this many times already. So, um, to make uh, clear what we're talking about, if uh, when you die in this game, um, sort of the uh, I don't know the the, the in game explanation for you dying is you didn't actually die. This little uh, magical demon comes in and freezes time. And right before the moment you would have died, he teleports you back to safety. Um, so that's this game's explanation, like in-game lore explanation for uh, uh, death. Now, yeah. the the mechanics of how this works, I really, really like. Yeah, uh, because um, the mechanics of the way this works is after you die, the demon kind of hangs around. And he's like, hey, uh, I saved you. So now I'm going to collect my payment for saving you. And any money that you pick up uh, goes directly to the demon. Like, he steals any of the currency that you pick up. Um, and then after you, he's been around for long enough or you collect a certain amount of currency or whatever, then he leaves and you can collect currency as normal. Um, the reason I like this, especially compared to, um, like, the systems present in, like, uh, Dark Souls or Shovel Knight or... Uh, a lot of other platformers. Um, what happens in those games, when you die, you lose whatever currency is on you, right? right. So that feels really, really punishing when you die. You're right. like, no, I just lost all of this stuff. Right. Uh, like, oh, damn it. Um, now, a lot of those games give you an opportunity to win that stuff back. But in contrast, the messenger, you don't lose anything when you die in the messenger. You just lose the ability to pick up more currency. Uh, the effect, the like mental effect that has on you is it feels like way less less punishing when you die. Right. Um, and like the like actual effect of that is if you're really struggling on one area, you just keep dying over and over and over again. It doesn't really matter because um, like you can just die as much as you want and you're not losing any currency. You just can't pick up any more currency until you figure out how to get past the part or until you you know successfully get past the part that you're stuck on. Uh, I really liked that mechanically. Uh, I love the little demon. And yes, every time he brings you back to life, he like brings some you down with some sort of quip. Yeah, yeah, there's some sort of put down like, I can't believe you've died in that pit again. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, I'm glad they assigned me to you. You're, yeah. you're making me a fortune or whatever. Yeah. yeah. My, one of my favorites was, hey, if there's somebody watching, uh, you could just always say that there's input lag. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Oh man, that, that was funny. That was funny. You know, I gotta say, me mechanically, like level design may not be great, but right. every other mechanic in this game I thought was yes, awesome, yes. very innovative and well executed. Like movement feels great, enemies feel like you know, like correctly difficult. Um, yeah, and like so, one of my favorite mechanics that I've yet to see anyone do this: the the double jump is traditionally you just press A in the air. But yeah. in this game, you have to, like, melee something in the air, and then that unlocks a double jump for you while you're in the air. Um, I love that. I, yeah. That felt so satisfying. If you got yeah. good at that, you could just keep jumping forever. 
that was really satisfying. Yeah, and yeah, it was no. hard. Like, it's hard to learn yeah. how to do, but once you do, like, yeah. without a doubt, like, I was going to ask you if you felt, if you could recall the most difficult puzzle or boss. And for me, the most difficult puzzle by far was something that happened recently. Is like when you're, like, collecting these little notes at the end of the game, or yep. I'm trying to pick up these um, little, what are they called? Little turd people. I don't know. The little. Oh, the phobogites or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever, people. Yeah. Like yep. in order to get to one, you had to like literally move along lanterns that went up and down and down and up and enemies kind of floating yeah. around between the lanterns. And there's no yeah. platform. Like there's no platform at all. So yeah. it's like, it's like, have you mastered this yet? By the end of the game, you know, they like, they're asking you. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of skill checks, uh, like, yeah. in that game. Like, hey, have, have you gotten, like, the float mechanics down? Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> have you gotten the midair jumps down? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, there, that was very good. And to be clear, I think the level design in this game is really, really good, too. Just don't make me backtrack through it and redo crap <laughs> that I've already done before. Like, I yeah. don't want to do that. Uh, yeah. Like, the just as, like, a linear left-to-right going-forward platformer, the level design is awesome. When I say the level design sucks, it sucks in the context of it trying to be a Metroidvania and making you backtrack through shit you've already done. Uh, that that was not successful. Uh, the rest of the game was awesome. Uh, yeah, The Messenger. It's pretty good. Uh, anything else with The Messenger? Um, one last thing. If you are like me and suck at fighting bosses, yeah. you will appreciate, as I did, that the whole beginning cutscene to every boss fight is skipped if you have to if you go back like to fight the boss oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. they oh, skipped man. like the intro yeah that was good you know yeah how big that's huge man that's yeah, yeah. huge yep. it's like this game this game is a throwback to like those snes platformers but with like auto saving and smarter cutscene like skipping and so that mm-hmm. is two like quality of life things that just make it a lot better for the player and that's it i'm done yeah uh very good um very funny game one of the funniest games i've played in recent memory uh which is a tie-in to our top five today we're talking about our top five funniest video games Uh, you want to get into this so uh i don't really know i have a couple of games on here that are funny like writing and then a couple of them that are just funny like they made me laugh a lot when i played them Mm-hmm. Uh, so number five, I have is... the same. I have the same okay. mix of like okay. games that have jokes and games that make me laugh. Okay, yeah, yeah. So all right, just want to make sure. So number five is a make me laugh sort of game. Uh, yeah. The game is called Hand Simulator. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. It was found on Steam. It is like two bucks, and it is hours of entertainment. If you have not played this game. It's it's marketed towards VR, um, but you don't need VR to play it. You can just play it on your PC. Um, and basically, if you if you if you've been around long enough to remember Flash games in the browser, you know, um, or uh, I think there's like a Doctor game that was is popular on VR as well. Where mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I've seen Surgeon Simulator, yeah, yeah, Surgeon Simulator. So like if 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 you would imagine that the letters on your keyboard Q W E R are the four fingers on your left hand and then the space bar is your thumb that is actually how the game has you control your hands so but it's like in a vr space and so one of my favorite game modes let's say is um, it's like a russian roulette roulette sort of thing but Mm -hmm. 
instead of being at the table across from one person and like you know clicking a gun or whatever, it's however many players are in the game. So you can have like eight of you and seven other friends can play, and whoever can grab the gun, load the magazine, and pull the trigger first wins basically. Like and and, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and point it at a friend. It is very yeah. difficult. The mouse controls your arm. The, the keyboard controls each individual finger and hilarity ensues. Like, I mean, no one knows what they're doing. People are like dropping the gun. They're shooting in the, at the ceiling. You know, it's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> there's also like a melee mode, like gladiator style fighting mode, but like, it's so hard just to even grab a weapon. Um, it, it's just, it's the best two bucks I ever spent. Yeah. Now I've seen uh, footage of games like that that uh yeah it, it's just ridiculous yeah um my number five uh i i defy you get get yourself and three of your friends sit down on your couch and play duck game and tell me you're not gonna laugh yeah. you, i guarantee you you'll be laughing at something uh in duck game so duck game has um it, it, it's a 2d um uh, a platform arena? platform arena shooter sort of yeah, thing. Sure, that um, sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so, something like that. Um, it's like if, if um, sort of like if Super Smash Brothers was way more focused on guns and everything killed you in one hit. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, the thing that, that makes this game funny, it, it's twofold. I mean, the game does have a sense of humor, but the, like mechanics are like so frenzied and like it the game goes so fast like rounds are about five to ten seconds usually (laughs) yeah yeah. um so rounds rounds go really fast and like there's so much chaos in this game that like (laughs) usually spawn something ridiculous happens and like two people die immediately and then you're in this like ridiculous shootout with one other person and then something else ridiculous happens you're just always laughing um uh and and also like this game does have a sense of humor it's not just the mechanics like um one of you so on your controller the four face buttons are like jump shoot i think like throw item and then there's a dedicated button to just quacking there's a dedicated <laughs> quack button that yeah. doesn't do anything, nothing. It doesn't do anything at all to affect like the game, yeah, other can't. than it just makes it just makes your duck go quack quack. So, yeah. So yeah. like, usually whoever wins the round just spams the quack button or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, it's it's ridiculous. You cannot play this with your friends and not laugh. It is always. A good fun time. Duck game. Duck game. I have played that with you guys, and I did. Yeah. Laugh. That's true. Uh, my number four also is kind of like a twofold in how it's funny. Uh, it would be GTA Five slash the GTA series. Oh uh, wow! Okay. Yeah, like the game is definitely designed to be hilarious. Like mm-hmm. they have all sorts of weird characters and um, some not really any fourth wall breaking stuff, but just like goofy, like over the top sort mm-hmm. of like events or characters or, or or what have you uh dialogue but then they also the mechanics and the physics of the game just uh have like an opening for weird things to happen in that game like i can mm-hmm. 
crash a car and the guy never wears a seatbelt. He goes flying through the windshield and then like yeah. over a bridge and like something hilarious happens, you know, or, or, you know, whatever kind of yeah mechanics and the, the physics and stuff um, can, yeah can cause. So uh, yeah, GTA series, I guess like, they kind of mm. all have that, but GTA five definitely has like the best like physics engine and stuff. So mm. uh, I love the, the physics engine. My favorite thing to do is get on like one of those high speed motorcycles but then put the camera because there's like alternate camera modes. Put the camera right. in like cinematic stunt mode, yeah. uh, which like frames the shot really, like really cinematically, like really cool. Right. Uh, but like the, the camera's not in a place at all. Like sometimes it's in front of you, sometimes it's behind you, sometimes it's like top down. You have like basically no c- control over your character at all because <laughs> yeah. they keep switching where the camera is. Yeah. So like the like super cinematic mode mixed with like you have no control over your character and the first time you hit something you're gonna like ragdoll into you know it's uh uh the best way to experience the physics engine in my opinion sure sure yeah that's perfect um my number four uh i've talked about previously uh uh with a specific mention to this game being funny uh it's undertale um And it's funny. Um, it it it's funny in the same in sort of the same way that the messenger is in that it like uses uh, it, its knowledge of game design uh, to make jokes. So um, I think I've said some of these on these podcasts before, but I'll reiterate. Um, uh, in, in the very beginning of Undertale, there's you're 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 just starting out. You're just learning how to play the game. And there's, like, um, a puzzle room with, like, a button and some spikes, I think. And you're like, okay, I got to press the button and the spikes go down. So you walk in and one of the other characters goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. This this looks way too dangerous. Uh, you're probably not going to figure this out. Uh, I'll just guide you through this this room. And the NPC just guides you right through the spikes. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they they're just, not really. They they're... just. Yeah. That, that the only purpose of that room is just for a gag like because like your mind is like okay i know what to do i step on the button the spikes go away whatever like you've played a million other video games that work this way but like the game's like no 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 no. we're just gonna have a laugh in this room and then move on yeah that's um, a joke purely at the expense of the player like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um those are my favorite type of jokes in undertale also the game's um like characters are uh famously or maybe even infamously uh well written and just uh, goofy a lot of people love to uh uh talk about the characters and how well they're written and how they're uh developed and whatever um and there's a lot of also uh, just good humor in the way the characters interact with each other undertale undertale classic classic game all right my number three Mm. Uh, is Stanley Parable. Oh! Yeah. Um, that game was pretty much just written from top to bottom to be, like, sarcastic and humorous. Oh, yeah. Um, that's basically it. I mean, there's no mechanic in the game in particular that made the gameplay really that funny, I guess. It's kind of a standard FPS. Yeah. But it, it did a lot of that, too, I think, where, like, um, certain, like map design sort of stuff would lead you to believe something is about to happen or and then it would just mm. kind of flip flop on you and you're on your head and you're like oh what um and then uh, the whole what, time what 
what is the Stanley Parable for people who don't know? Oh, uh, man, that's kind of hard to describe. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, at, I guess in short, it's an indie-developed first-person shooter that is heavily narrated, uh, and it takes place in like an office building about uh, Stanley, uh, the main character. And basically, it's the adventures of him going through whatever the narrator says he's going yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except that it's not even a shooter. There's no guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. just like an experience. <laughs> it's a it's first a first person, person joke game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um I guess I think the the original objective is just try to get out, right? Um I don't know I'm, what the objective in the in the There might not be an the, objective. I think you just are there, there. isn't. It's yeah. just a deconstruction of uh, <laughs> the mind. Video- yeah, it's a deconstruction of, of video games, really, because um, that's kind of one of the jokes in the Stanley Parable. Like, there is no end. There is no way to beat the Stanley Parable. There is. There is not. You, you just yeah. do the Stanley Parable. Yeah, um, and that's that's part of the joke right there. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's great. So it's a it's a fun experience. Um. My number three is a uh, uh, a very uh, classic and uh, sort of a traditional game that, that people would probably think of when you think of funny games. Uh, it's uh, Monkey Island, but uh, specifically, uh, and I'm sure hardcore Monkey Island fans would, would, would uh, crucify me for uh, saying my favorite is the third in the series, which is The Curse of Monkey Island. Uh, this is the game I played the most of. Uh, I love Curse of Monkey Island. Um, it uh, it was the first game to introduce Murray, the the talking skull, uh, who is now like a, a mainstay character in the Monkey yeah. Island games. I think I remember that character actually from the little. I've oh yeah, well, if you played any of the Monkey Island games since the third one, it's it's kind of hard to forget Murray. Um, he, uh, I don't know, he's just a he's a reoccurring. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> character who is a, a, a disembodied talking skull who, um, I don't know, he's just a wacky character in the in the same way that a lot of Monkey Island characters are, are very wacky. Um, but um, yeah, uh, the thing that makes uh, Monkey Island so good is, it, it, I think it's also one of the first games to have uh, a little bit of self-awareness uh, right, because um, uh, it's one of the first games that like kind of um, subverts the the expectation of what you're going to be doing in a video game. Because uh, Guybrush Threepwood, who is the main character, wants to, I, I, and this is the theme of every single Monkey Island game. He wants to be a mighty pirate, right? And that's kind of what a lot of traditional video games are, right? They're a power fantasy. You want to be the super awesome, great thing. Yeah, you're um, the hero. You want to be the hero, uh, except Guybrush is like this totally inept, bumbling. Uh, just he can't do anything. He's just this goofy <laughs> nerd, right? That, Who that already wants to sounds be... funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wants to be this this great pirate, but he uh, he's just kind of a nerd. He's just kind of a goob. <laughs> a lot of the jokes are in the same way, like the, the 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 same way that in the Messenger, the shopkeeper makes fun of you, the protagonist. Right. Just about everyone in Monkey Island loves to make fun of Guybrush Threepwood and how much of a goob he is. Uh, but usually at the end of the day, uh, Guybrush, uh, you know, he 
accomplishes whatever he's out to do, whether that's, you know, uh, rescue his girlfriend or defeat the zombie pirate LeChuck or wh- whatever the, the objective of the game may be. He always gets the job done at the end of the day, even though he's a total uh, whatever uh, uh, goofball. Number two. Uh, I guess we'll go with both games. There's two games in this series uh, that I know of, uh, and they're both very funny, and it would be Portal 1 and 2. Oh, um, they are uh, some FPS puzzle sort of adventures mm-hmm. um, made in the like Half-Life Source engine uh, originally, at least I guess yeah, I guess one and two were. But it's um, funny in the first game is funnier in terms of dialogue. Is like the first time you meet uh, what's her name the the Gladys Gladys. Um, the first time you meet her is just like. A moment I will always remember in gaming, like just the most hilarious character that just doesn't give a mm. shit about you, um, and yet is like you know the main reason you're playing the game. Uh, and the second one kind of added the Source Engine added some some really fun like physics and ragdoll effects. So like all the turrets and everything, I remember like doing some interesting thing with these turrets and like putting portals under them and um, how they would mm-hmm. react or what they would say as they were like falling like. Um, yeah, you know, um, so yeah, so a lot of good joke cracky things from the characters, and and then just some fun physics and stuff too. Portal series, yeah. Uh, my number two is the Stanley Parable. Hey, um, I I absolutely love the Stanley Parable. Hey, by the way, did you hear? Oh, yeah. uh, there is more endings coming to the Stanley Parable, and really? they're re-releasing it. On consoles, yes. Oh. Console console versions of the Stanley Parable are coming with more endings. Oh, I'm going to get um, Stanley Parable Switch Edition for sure. Yes, yeah, yeah. And by the way, I encourage you to go watch the announcement trailer for the new uh, re-console version of Stanley Parable. It's okay. very good. Uh, I believe one of the lines in it is, you've already played this game before, but you're going to buy it again because you're all suckers. <laughs> it's like, yes, yes, I will. Uh, I true. will buy Take it again. Take my wallet. <laughs> I, I love this game and I am a sucker. Um, so, uh, like I said, um, uh, when Leo was talking about uh, the Stanley Parable, it's kind of a deconstruction of uh, video games, right? Um, when you start out, there is a narrator who's kind of narrating all of your actions. But then sometimes the narrator will... Um, give like a line of dialogue that hasn't necessarily happened yet. So like one of the very first ones is you come into a room with two doors and the narrator says, uh, Stanley steps through the door on the left and you then have a choice. You can do exactly what the narrator says you did, or you can disobey the narrator or whatever, not do what the narrator says and go through the door on the right. Um, And that's kind of what happens in the Stanley parable. It's, it's, you can be uh, at odds with the narrator. You can do exactly what the narrator says. You can, uh, and a lot of the times the narrator is just, um... okay, so let me give an example. So like I said, this game is kind of a deconstruction of video games. And we said before, like, there is no way to beat the game. There is no ending. There's just lots of endings. There is no the end. There's no true ending or whatever. Um, One of my favorite I can't remember if it's actually an ending or not, but um, there's a way, if you look at the achievement list, uh, it says, like, um, one of the achievements says, like, knock on door 329 or something like that. (laughs) Uh, 
And you're like, okay, cool. So you're in this big office building and you just knock on door 329. And the narrator is like, you did it! You knocked on door 329! Wow! And then uh, he's like, did you really think it was going to be that easy? Like, no, no, no. We're not gonna, we're not gonna give achievements away that easy. And then he's like, all right, you gotta go click on every piece of paper in this room. You gotta go click on every monitor. Now click on the door three times. Now click on the door five times. Click on the door ten times. Now click on the door twenty times. And then like you go through this whole thing where the narrator's just uh, describing these arbitrary things you have to do and you're just doing them. And then at the very end, it's like, woo, you actually did it. Like, wow. Like, I can't believe you did all these crazy things. <laughs> now, look how much this achievement's worth. Like, when you started this, you thought it was worth one click. Now, look how many clicks it is. Like, look how satisfying this achievement is. It's just, I don't know. It's just a ridiculous deconstruction of uh, the things we do in video games. Yeah, I love, the, like, the gamer mind. Yeah. That's, what it, that's They just tear it apart. Hmm. Man, I'm, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to get that on console now, too. Yeah, more endings, man. Oh yeah, um, my number one is so good um, that I've talked about it uh, on multiple top fives. Oh yeah, hot damn! So and it's number one again. Wow, it is probably the game that I have laughed at the most. This is the funniest game. Here of we go. Number time. one funniest game. And it was with you that I laughed. What? What? Playing when? Xbox 360 and playing Deadliest Warrior 2. <laughs> oh, God. No, this can't be a number one again. Dude, it is a number one. Like, this is the funniest game ever created. And I will say it's pretty funny. Part of the reason it's so funny is because I don't think it's trying to be. No, so, it's not. It's so, not. It's kind of like if um we that's an endorsement I probably have yet to make, and that is like the room is one yeah. of James and I's favorite movies. Um, and it's what I mean. A lot of people know about it now because of the um remake uh, or the doc the mockumentary I guess made recently. Um, disaster artist, disaster yeah. artist. Yeah, uh, but it's similar. It's like the game version of that, or like it's like. You could tell there was some amount of production value and they were trying to hype it up as like a tie in with the, the Spike TV, you know, yeah, show yeah. or whatever. And, and it's super taking itself seriously. And then it's just so bad and so hilarious. Um, God, if, okay. If, if three number one slots on my list doesn't get people to play this game, I don't know what. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it is very like much like The Room in that it's like so bad it's good, yeah. um, which which I feel like is, I don't know, it, it's harder. <laughs> I know nobody does these things on purpose. I know Tommy Wiseau did not make The Room funny on purpose. And I'm sure the people making Deadliest Warrior did not make it like so bad it's good on purpose. Uh, but I feel like that's a lot harder to do in video games than it is in movies to make a so bad it's good video game. Because sure, a lot yeah. of times when it's so bad it's good, like when you make a bad game, it's either like too hard or too unremarkable or like too like just shittily made, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. like a lot of like shittily made games are not <laughs> fun to play. This is not that, like, there's, like you said, there's a high production value. There is like, the game is, is functional, like you can play it. 
but like the animations are really goofy (laughs) and like you can do all these dumb things like you can just dismember like you can have like no arms and like no legs and like still fight you can basically reenact the scene from monty python and the holy grail Uh, (laughs) yeah that's uh, (laughs) it's just this really goofy game where you're what but also the thing that makes it the thing that makes it the really just the icing on the cake is uh, uh these are all like actual real historical figures that you're fighting with yeah so it's like you know um uh, william God, wallace, I, I, yeah uh, william wallace and Vladimir alexander Baylor. the great and yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like these like super important historical figures just <laughs> like oh i cut this other guy's head off and blood went everywhere it's just like what what is <laughs> happening yeah uh that's uh, so great yeah that is a funny game. Yeah. I don't know if it's the funniest game of all time, but it's, it's pretty funny. I, that that couple of times playing with you that night was probably the most I've laughed in any single night of video gaming <laughs> in my whole life. We we did laugh pretty hard. Um, uh, my number one funniest game uh, is um, Portal, and I'm gonna go with yeah. the original Portal. Okay. okay. Um, now I like Portal Two. I like that game a lot. Uh, I but the games definitely have two like distinct, separate sense senses of humor, right? Yeah, Portal no, I agree. I totally agree with Portal, that. Portal Portal 2's jokes are like all like right in your face. Like we we are telling a joke. Here's the joke. Here's the punchline. Whatever. I love the joke yeah. in Portal Two where uh, at the very very beginning. Um, like your character's been in hibernation or whatever, and this robot comes up and he's like, "Oh, oh, are you okay? Like, I, you've been asleep for so long. You like this was not intended. Like, oh, like, uh, just let me know you're okay. Like, say Apple, and you're like, what? How the hell do I say Apple? Like, uh, what? And it's like, okay, just press A to say Apple, and you press A, but of course A is mapped to the jump button, so your character just jumps." And he's like, no, 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 no. don't jump, say Apple. And then there's like an actual on-screen button prompt that says, press A to say Apple. But when you press A, your character just jumps. And you're like, what the? Like, that's the kind of jokes that are in Portal 2. But I actually prefer prefer the um, way more uh, subtle, subtle, it's very subtle joke telling in Portal 1. Because um, if you play Portal, I mean, these games are so well known now and so famous and, uh, I mean, almost everyone knows who GLaDOS is and, and the type of humor that are in these games. But I remember playing Portal for the first time and not really knowing what it was. It was just something that was... Uh, I, I got it for... I got the orange box for Team Fortress, right? And right, for Half-Life. Right, and, like, right. hey, what's this other game called Portal? Like, yeah. this is whatever. So, so you pop Portal you in. And there's kind of this robotic voice that's that's talking to you. And you're doing these puzzles, right? Um, uh, so... Uh, the main uh, gimmick of the game is that you can make a portal on a wall and make another portal on another wall. And you can do this to any wall or ceiling or floor or whatever. You can go in one portal and come out the other. And that's kind of the way all of the puzzles are constructed around these, this portal gimmick. But um, this like disembodied voice is just talking to you through these puzzle rooms. And over time it gets like, you start hearing things and you're like, wait, what, what, what did it just say? Uh, like it starts very subtle, so it'll say like, um, "Like please beware, uh, the vapor screen uh, is sometimes uh, known to evaporate teeth." 
And you're like, what? What did that thing just say? And then it just like slowly over time gets more and more like aggressively menacing. And you're like, wait a minute. Is this computer trying to kill me? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, it, of course, at the end of the game, yes, the computer is trying to kill you. Because yeah. the, the puzzle chambers get more and more aggressively dangerous to the point where you're, like, doing puzzles over lava and, like, all these ridiculous <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the, the in-game explanation is, like, the computer just, like, the computer is just kind of bored and just, like, toying with these test subjects and trying to kill them. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very good if you don't. I, I just spoiled the entire thing, obviously, but it's very good if you yeah. haven't played Portal and you don't know what that is. The experience of playing that for the first time, and you're like, wait, what? What is happening right now? Oh God, this thing's trying to kill me! Like that yeah. slow realization is like uh, good. Yeah, well, all of the writing for for Glados too, like because yeah. like then after that, you're just trying to survive and you're like you mm-hmm. wind up like behind all these puzzles and like and like machines and everything and but she could yeah. still talk to you through like the intercom or something so yeah just continuously cracking jokes and just saying things like you know the the classic you know cake is a lie or, or yeah something about cake because you know, uh when you escape from the test chambers glados is like oh no 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 please come back there's cake like i promise you that there's cake like yeah. uh, it'll be a delicious cake yeah uh but um there's like all these scrawlings on the wall of like presumably test subjects who have previously escaped that that's like no 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 the cake is a lie like don't yeah. like yeah. don't believe glados <laughs> it's a funny game man yeah it's definitely that's i mean if it wasn't for deadliest warrior which really is arguably mm-hmm. not really a number one that you know portal would be the number one <laughs> Hey man, that's it's your personal list. This is the game that made you laugh the most. It's the same thing like I did last time. I think I said Deadliest Warrior was like the best fighting game, but really, if if you just you know put it at number five and bump everything else one, that's probably like the real list. But I always mm-hmm. like throwing it at number one just to throw you for a loop. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's our top five funniest games. Go play them; they're funny. Uh-huh. You can laugh. You can have a laugh right now. Go play them. Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you want to endorse? So this weekend, this past mm, weekend, oh, actually, um, I was stuck at home. Uh, oh yeah, you had a big snowstorm, right? Yeah, we had a crazy snowstorm in good old North Carolina. We had uh-huh. like fourteen or fifteen inches of snow, uh, and you know we couldn't drive anywhere. Um, Oof, we were, that's a lot of snow. Yeah, we prepared by you know buying a lot of you know food ahead of time, and we just kind of kind of camped out in our house we almost lost power once um oh. yeah so it was insane but we used that opportunity to not get any work done and just sat awesome. and watched christmas movies uh, that is awesome and i had an idea to endorse my lovely wife taryn who i have to say something nice about now uh-huh. because she listened to last week's episode and she heard me talk about her Harry horse balls or whatever um, we talked about Red Dead Redemption. So my beautiful, awesome, sexy wife had the great idea that I should endorse Die Hard as a Christmas movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there who agree and who there's a lot of like kind of, you know, uh, it's a it's a dividing topic. I don't know, Die Hard a Christmas movie or not. You know, that's the whole thing. Right, yeah, yeah. So I know I have a lot of homies out there who totally agree Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Uh, I'm definitely in that boat. I do think it's a Christmas movie. It takes place on Christmas. There's plenty of Christmas jokes throughout the film. And you know what? 
it still holds up to this day. That movie is fantastic. Like that's that's hard to do for an action film, you know, in the eighties or nineties, mm-hmm. whenever it was. Um, so uh, if you do not, if you are not a believer of the Die Hard is a Christmas movie, um, I recommend you check it out this holiday season and um, Die Hard. Yeah, John McClane, he's dying hard. Um. So yeah, you were well. While you were stuck inside in a snowstorm, um, I was visiting the lovely city of New Orleans last weekend. Yeah, um, I've been there. I had we had a little vacation. We were there for a wedding. Um, uh, let, let me tell you, I got treated to one of the best shows I have ever seen in my entire life. Really? Um, yes, <laughs> it was at the wedding reception. There was some, there was, there were, there were, I mean, you know, it was a wedding reception. There was, uh, they were playing dance music. They had, you know, whatever. They were playing like, you know, dance music. They played um, like uh, Bring Sexy Back. They had like uh, Lumps, uh, I think, which is, uh, is that, yeah. That's going back. There were, there were, there were a pair of uh, very nice, uh, lovely older women. Oh, women. um, yeah, um, these women were probably I don't know eighty plus years old. Oh boy, um, dancing like they were in their twenties. I mean, these ladies were like mo- they were getting down, like shaking and like wow. moving back, and like I mean, these ladies were out there grinding like wow. they had on their partners, like these old oh. men. Oh god! I was like, holy crap! What is happening right now? This is amazing. Wow. Like these ladies were getting it i mean like my goodness <laughs> yeah um uh, that's somebody's grandmother you're talking about okay i know it is i know and i hope that they're not listening or maybe they are <laughs> maybe i'm uh, uh i don't know uh, it was it was an amazing show that is not what i'm endorsing i just okay. wanted to oh i thought tell you were endorsing like watching old ladies grind or something absolutely like i'm okay. endorsing yeah i'm gonna do more than one endorsement i'm gonna endorse <laughs> Going, going to random weddings and watching old ladies dance uh, because maybe you'll get lucky enough and see uh, uh, old ladies like like the ones I saw. Uh, old ladies at weddings, man. Sure. Uh, I don't know what it is, but uh, the, I'm telling you, these ladies could dance. Yeah, um, I believe you. It was amazing. Wow. Um, no, I, I'm actually going to endorse, and uh, this is probably not um, uh, something everyone can do, but if you uh happen to ever take a vacation to the uh, city of new orleans or if you ever visit there or if you live there uh you've probably already done this but um if you're in new orleans check out the national world war ii museum um this is what i'm actually endorsing uh we did that while we were in new orleans um we spent probably between four and five hours at the national world war ii museum uh, I could have spent like eight hours there. We did not get everything done. That museum really? is huge. Like it's wow. so big. All the exhibits are super, super interesting. Um, so like they have um, like when you first walk in, um, one of the cool things they do is they give you like what they call a digital dog tag. And they have like um, certain like actual um, people who fought in World War II. And you can kind of, um, as you go throughout the museum, um, you can follow that person's story throughout throughout the war. So, like, one of the very first things is they have, like, this actual recreation of what a train, like a, 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 like a train, what a train looked like in the 1940s. Because uh-huh. a lot of people would be um, traveling co- cross-country to go to, like, 
uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, uh, Coast Guard, whatever, recruitment centers. So, like, a lot of people's stories began in these trains. Um, then, like, maybe your person was um, Coast Guard and they got uh, uh, assigned to the war in the Pacific or whatever. Maybe your person's Army and they got deployed to Europe somewhere. Maybe they're, you know, Marines. They did one of the, the beach landings or whatever. It was super, super interesting. They have all of these exhibits. So they have, like, the two... Big main uh, exhibits are um, divided between like the the Pacific Theater in the war, right, um, and the like European front. So, um, uh, and they have, oh God, it's just so interesting to me. Like, I was, I'm not even that big into like history, but this museum was like so amazing. They have all of these um, um, like uh, uniforms. Like, here's here's what um, oh, U.S. So- yeah, here's what U.S. soldiers wore. Here's what, and they have all of the replica, you know, uh, weapons. Yeah, they have yeah. all of the. Here's what the tanks look like. The aircraft look like. They have like these huge, big aircraft that are suspended in the air. Like, here's what that looked like. Man, I'm um, kind of bummed because I was just there this year. I was there in May, mm-hmm. and I wish I knew about that because I'm a big, like, I am kind of a big history buff, and I, I go mm-hmm. to all the museums in, in the in Newtown. We were there with some friends this time, so we didn't really do right. what we wanted to do most of the time because I would have hit up the casino too. but um but yeah that's awesome that sounds really good yeah the museum was absolutely amazing like i said i could have spent all day there um uh and um yeah there's even like little small exhibits so like like i said the two big ones are the pacific and and europe but um um they have like smaller exhibits like here's an exhibit on like um bob hope and here's like uh what comedy was like when he toured the like um different Uh, army bases and like here's you know here's some of the sets that he did or you know you can learn about that then it's like here they have this whole exhibit here's what life was like in america in the 1940s and like here's how here's how the war affected everyday life like uh Mm -hmm. you had um you know certain materials were harder to come by uh because of the you know they were being diverted to the war effort so it was like hey here's a special cookbook that is just like wartime cookbook because there's a lot of ingredients that might not be available because of the war so it's like here's how to maybe flour was was being rationed or whatever so here's how to you know whatever whatever break bake bread without flour it was it was i don't know it was like super super interesting uh Mm -hmm. uh yeah the national world war ii museum in new orleans it was very entertaining it's so weird that like just the fact that world war one and two were like things you know mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. just it's like almost unfathomable just the amount of war um in those two wars and like just worldwide like worldwide man it's just crazy yeah it's crazy i was and uh i was kind of in the mood recently to watch like a good world war ii documentary or something just to like mm-hmm. Have it sink in. Oh, God. Yeah, you really should have gone to this museum. That was one of the things we did. They had like a, uh, it was like a uh, hour-long documentary that was like narrated by Tom Hanks. Um, What? It was all right. Yeah. It was in the museum, yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks. That's crazy. By Tom Hanks. Yeah, it was, the documentary was all right, but like I found it um, more interesting to go and like read about stuff in the different various exhibits because like the the documentary by Tom Hanks, I mean, it was very good, but it was very just high level, just like um you know just a very uh, whatever high level glance at world war ii they didn't really dive into any of the uh any of the specifics or like you know different uh i don't know specific things about the war it was just a very general overview of what happened in world war ii gotcha 
Oh man, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna have to go back yeah. to New Orleans now. It's an yep. excuse to go back. There you go. Do it. As if I needed any other excuse other than the beignets. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's and endorsement number three uh, <laughs> is if you're in New Orleans, go to uh, Cafe Dumont and have it have yourself a beignet. It's uh, it was very nice because when we were there, it was a very cold, very uh, chilly. Uh, morning, nice. yeah, it was extremely cold, and yeah. the uh, beignet is is basically this very hot, uh, sweet pastry mm. that is covered. Smothered. And when I say covered, I mean not not covered in powdered sugar. It Smothered. they took like a bucket of powdered sugar and just yeah. poured it on this pastry. <laughs> They're so hard to um, eat that stuff as you breathe on it and it flies yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't wear like um, solid <laughs> color, like dark solid colors. <laughs> yeah. Because you're going to walk out of there covered in powdered sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, when we went, uh, we went at, at, at night and it was really busy and there was a line just to, to get beignets to go. And yep, we got same, in line yeah. and some some guy who worked at Cafe Du Monde walks up to us and is like, hey, you guys looking for beignets? And we're like, yeah, we're in line for that. And he was like, well, come with me. And he walked us around to like, the, I'm probably getting this guy in trouble. But like, he walked us around to the kitchen area. And he's like, wait here for a second. And then he comes like, how many did you want? And we're like, well, I think we want like like four beignets. And then he comes out with like a bag. And he was like, yeah, it was, uh, you know, $3 for however many. You know, he gives us the price. And he stands around like waiting for a tip. This guy was smuggling beignets. Whoa, was, beignet smuggler. He was a beignet Illegal beignets. smuggler. He was smuggling. Beignet black market. He was like, hey, hey, you want some beignets, man? Like, he had, like, the trench coat. <laughs> and he's opening up. I got beignets of all sizes for you. Like, this, I mean, he wasn't. He was in uniform, you know. But, yeah. Yeah, it was. That's how busy that place is. It is, it is definitely an experience. <laughs> that's awesome. You know you've made um, it as a restaurant when you've got people smuggling your goods, you know? Yeah, that that's amazing. I sadly did not encounter that. There oh. were some really good like uh, improvisational uh, jazz players outside oh, when we that's, were there. Oh, sure, the music. Yeah, yeah, awesome. No, very good. They were awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, is that our show? I think that's it. That's a wrap. All right, our next show is the oh, final man. final show of the year. Um, that means we're going to be talking about our favorite top five. Games of the year, games, the best games of 2018. Yes. Um, and. Uh, and. Our main game. Our main game. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Um, Such nerds. Uh, that's Super Smash Brothers. We're going to be talking about Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which. Um, is a game that was also released in 2018, so maybe it'll be on that top five list. Who knows? <laughs> Let's see if it um, makes it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, stay tuned for our final show of the year. Uh, we might do something special for this final show, oh, too. We'll, we'll, I, we'll see what yeah. happens. We've got some special um, plans. That's right. we got some special plans, so be on the lookout for that last show of the year. It's going to be a good one. Heck, yeah. And, um, yeah, so um, for the Good Games Podcast, I am James. And I am Leo. We will see you next time. See you. By the way, one last, one last, when we were, 
so um, we flew out, uh, whatever, yesterday, no, a couple days ago, whatever. Uh, uh, my final in fifth, what is the fourth endorsement, fifth endorsement? Fourth, fourth or fifth, something like that, yeah. Is if you're flying out of New Orleans, get to the airport early because uh, the lines there were really bad. Anyway, so <laughs> thankf- thankfully we did get to the airport early, um, but we're standing in line at TSA and the line, you know how they have like ropes set up to like funnel people in line, whatever, yeah. around um, the line was so long that they had run out of ropes and people were just like filing, like whatever. Um, and like, of course people are, you know, they're starting to get upset, right? They're going to miss their flights. People are getting grumpy. Nobody likes standing in line. Nobody likes being at the airport. Like people are kind of whatever. Yeah. Just, uh, um, and like, thankfully we we're there early. So it wasn't that big of a deal. So we're just waiting in this line. It's a really long line, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We're in this line, 40 minutes, whatever. <laughs> and wow. um, like really awful line. Um, and meanwhile, we're like looking over and like, you know, how they have the TSA pre-check where you can uh, be pre-screened and you can you go through the line a lot faster. You don't have to take everything out of your bag. You don't have to whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, and we're like, oh, man, we got to do TSA pre-check next time, whatever. <laughs> So we're looking over the TSA pre-check line. There's this dad and this kid. This kid must have been, I don't know, five years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, this kid's just kind of waddling behind his dad. And he's the dad's like, come on, son. Like, hurry up. We got to. And the kid's like looking over. And he's like seeing this big crowd of people. And this kid, he's got a loud voice, too. He, you know, for a five-year-old, just goes, Wow. I'd sure hate to be in that line. <laughs> like every like great right? <laughs> and, and it really just broke the tension in that airport because everyone was getting really upset and it's yeah. just everyone's like, oh like kids say the darndest they're like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs>